Welcome to For What It's Worth, introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom, now in its 10th glorious season. There are certain women I just want to bitch slap. <laughs> so in summary, people are awful. <laughs> it's it's kind of true. Banana conda. I'm a horrible person. You leave stuff laying around? I'm a really bad person. Woo, welcome to my quest womb. Pull that record. We're done. Abort. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of For What It's Worth. We did this, it. Yes, we did. This is Nuka. Hi, Nuka. Say hello. Hello. Hello, How's Nuka. How's it going, Rue? I am doing great. This is Rue. I am a wine red fox that's been podcasting for far too long. Yes, you are. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and this is Nuka. And Nuka... We are going to be doing an episode today about furry meetups. But before we get and and how to um, plan furry meetups, I'm stoked. But before we get to to any of that, Nuka, have you been? Tell me about you. I have been you. doing terrible. I don't know if you can already That's not tell great. <laughs> with my opening and talking over you. Huh, I have been struggling. I am on. Hyped up on drugs. <laughs> the good kind or the not so good kind? Uh, just like... Non-recreational pseudo- drugs. No, it's <laughs> pseudomudafen or whatever it's called. However uh, you say it. Pseudoephedrine, I think it is. Yes, I've been taking lots of cold medicine. Um, in order to be able to attend BLFC, BLFC has decided to... Um, not, not to get all political or anything like that. They have decided to have all their attendees to have the latest booster. Mm-hmm. And so to be able to make sure that I could go to BLFC, I wanted to go and get that latest booster. booster. But I have the Triforce of all of the boosters now. So I That's have that. two Johnson & Johnsons, a Moderna, and a Pfizer. So therefore, I, I must have the trifecta you're both owned by a corporation and immune to everything exactly exactly but um i don't know i think that during that i got caught i got sick with something else or i don't know the reaction potentially of it but i have been sick like super sick for the last like week or so so well at least you haven't had to work <laughs> so oh. I tried to get Friday off and I called in to my supervisor and was like, hey, uh, just to give you a heads up, I'm not going to be able to come in. And she was like, oh, so-and-so called in as well. And we don't have anybody to be able to do intake today. And I was like, well, I also have this appointment that needs to be covered. And she's like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh, well, you know, I have these feelings of responsibility. I hate that word. <laughs> so I went in, um, even though that I was sick and I've been going in ever, ever since then I did go home early one day, but I just have never had a chance to have the men. So thank goodness that, that, you know, I have a, a long weekend this weekend. So hopefully I'll be able to recover. And of course, so. you're spending that long weekend talking mm. to me, which I'm sure is just fantastic for exactly. Uh, you can hear illness. it in my voice. I sound like I don't know. Somebody said that I I sounded like an old 
like smoker lady or something. I don't know. I don't hear it, but okay. <laughs> well, I've been sick and been working. I've been playing um the new uh new Zelda game. I don't know. Tears if of had... the Breath of the Kingdom of the Wild. Yes, yes. Of slash torturing Koroks with war crimes. You know. <laughs> Dick-related war like crimes? That. Yes, I've, exactly. I've not played it. My roommate is playing it. All I know so far is that it is basically Dick Creation Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, Nintendo has opened up this world to basically make it so that you can create whatever you want. And it's it's fun. You know, I, I've enjoyed it. Um, do I feel like that it's kind of a reskin of Breath of the Wild? Absolutely. You know, but at the same exact time, do I feel like that the puzzles are unique enough and the things are different enough? Yes, they they put a lot of work into the game itself as well. The so, only thing I've seen from it that I, I, I love, again, my roommate's playing it in the other room all the time. I walked by and I saw that you could stick things to things. And so I told him to stick a stake to his shield, which he did. And now he has a meat shield. And I was so amused by this. Yes, so, that's that's the only I've seen that that, and I was tickled pink just by that like ten seconds of interaction with the game. <laughs> Basically, with your shield or your weapon, you can fuse anything in the world to it. So you can actually take a sword and put butter on it, so it's a butter knife, <laughs> and go and attack things, and it gets a plus one to it. So there you go. I saw that he attached his bow to his sword, which apparently was not a super effective weapon. Yeah. Turns out it's one or the other, not both. <laughs> um, and then I went and saw Avenue Q. I don't know oh, if you've ever had a puppets? chance. Yes. I, I know I've heard that's the uh every or uh the in, the internet's for porn. That's that's from that, right? Yep, the internet is really, really great. Yep. For porn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I've never seen it, I've only heard songs. I know through through cultural osmosis I've heard of it, but so so it's good? Yes, no, of course it is. I any time that I have a chance to see Avenue Q, I definitely jump in and and um, make sure that I go see it because it's it's a good production. Now, now this production it was a little bit lower scale, like it it quite literally was a converted like garage, <laughs> pretty much. So we're not but, talking Broadway. Oh no, 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 no! It was it was, but the the puppets were pretty good and. I felt really bad because afterward I did like a, um, I was talking to some of my friends and I was like, yeah, it was really good. Except this one actor, he was kind of struggling a little bit. And apparently like I kept getting jabbed in the side and I was like, what, what's wrong? I'm just talking about it. And apparently the guy was right, right behind us. Oh no. You know what? I did that once. I did not not know about actors, but I did. This is completely aside. We can cut it later on if you want. No, that's um, fine. I was at a psychology conference years and years ago, uh, and, and it was in um, uh, San Diego. And we, so we, you know, it takes place over like several hotels and stuff. It's like five thousand psychologists, whatever. Like so, it's like there's a lot of people over a lot of space, right? So the odds of just happening to be beside someone. Is pretty infinitesimal, especially considering we went to go get lunch like ten blocks away from the convention center. So I'm like, I'm not expecting to see another psychologist in sight. So my friends and I are talking, and I'm I'm like annoyed at one of the talks I had heard earlier that day, and I was doing an impression of the guy, and it wasn't the friendliest or the the most flattering impression of the guy. I'm like, oh, it was so boring. It was like, and 
like, God, what a terrible talk. And then I look in line in front of us at this little, like, taco stand or whatever. And fuck me if if that's not the guy standing in front of me in line. I didn't even realize from the back of his head, but it was him standing in front of me in line. I'm like, son of a bitch. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Of all the taco stands in San Diego, you chose to go to this one at this time. So, Nuko, what (laughs) else have you been up to? Uh, Well... Uh, I guess the big thing is the first science book. I think I might have mentioned it in the previous episode, but uh, uh, last year, my colleagues and I wrote about 90% of our first science book. It's like everything we studied condensed into a now like thousand page book. Um, And I've been editing it now and I have two chapters left. So out of the 21 chapters in the book, uh, I have two left and they are two of the shorter ones. I left the shorter ones till the end. So hopefully this week I will be done with this with my set of editing. It'll be a complete first draft with all the edits done. We'll send it off to uh, one more editor to give it a final sort of polish, and then uh, I hopefully by uh, I'd like to say the end of June. Realistically speaking, the end of July, just to be safe and give our editor more time. It'll be done and officially up on Amazon for people to download. So that's uh, that's the hope. That's exciting. Oh, I've also got to find an artist. I got to find an artist for the uh, the cover. So that's on the to do list as well. So um, they'll be able to purchase it on Amazon, right? Uh, get it for free on Amazon. We're we're putting it out for free. Uh, if you want to buy it, it'll be uh, you can buy the when you buy it. The only money you're spending is the cost for Amazon to print it and send it to you. We don't make any money off of it. So it'll be eversion is completely free. Or if you really insist on having a thousand-page book of furry data, you can bludgeon someone to death with, then it'll be like eight bucks or something. But I mean, it would be the furry bible at that moment, right? You know. But I don't want to be that up. conceited to say that I'm writing the furry bible. But a furry textbook, I would say, is probably a little closer. Okay. Uh, wrote the textbook on furries. Uh, That's awesome. Aside from that, I've been getting geared up for Anthrocon uh, and furry. So it's a furry's a little con in uh, Alberta, where I'm initially from here in Canada. And so I'm doing kind of a, a, a big trip where I leave for two or three weeks and I hit Anthrocon and then go to Foray. Um, yeah, I, I mean, in my head, I've been planning for Anthrocon for months because when we do ethics for our studies, we've usually got to do the months in advance. So, if you, you know, I, I had four months ago, I was already finalizing the survey for Anthrocon. And then it dawned on me this week. I'm like, oh, shit, I should probably book my flight, you know, since it's in about a month. So I would completely forgotten that I hadn't done any of that stuff yet. Um, so now, now it's taken care of. So I'm, I'm ready to go now for, for Anthrocon and for Foray. Well, then, you, you happen to be moving during that time. So true. I guess it's understandable. For that. Then otherwise just stuff around the departments. We've been having uh, uh, hiring discussions about a new person and trying to figure out uh, what to do about uh chat GPT. That's really exciting. The way, uh, Students are completely destroying our ability to, to to grade and evaluate their work by the use of AI software. So I'm a little little on edge dealing with ChatGPT stuff. So, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll put you even more at edge. What? So, um, I just I don't know. I was just going through because I always think it's fun just to dabble and look at look at little things. And I know that sometimes we. Um, you know, every single year, uh, well, not every year, but majority of years we do a Halloween special, which we ask 
our listeners to send in Halloween stories. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hmm, I just wanted to kind of test the system out. So I want to present to you an oh, AI-generated story about Rue. Let's hear it. You ready for this? Let's hear it. And it's pretty, it's pretty I'm, exe- I'm expecting Shakespeare. Okay, okay. <clears throat> it was a dark and stormy night, and little Rue was out searching for his favorite cookie. He was hidden, he had hidden it in a secret spot in the forest, but now he couldn't remember where it was. As Rue wandered deeper into the woods, he began to feel uneasy. The howl winded through the trees, and shadows danced in every direction. Suddenly, Rue heard a twig snap from behind him. He spun around, but there was nothing there. He shrugged it off and continued on his search. But the feeling of being watched lingered, and Rue couldn't shake it. Every noise made him jump, and every moment made him freeze. As the storm grew stronger, Rue realized he was lost. He had no idea where he was, and his cookie was still missing. Fear consumed him, and he began to run frantically through the woods, searching for any sign of his cookie or a way out. But as he ran... The shadow seemed to grow larger, and the howl, the wind howled louder. Suddenly, Rue trip and fell. His, <laughs> his paw landed on something hard and cold. He looked down to see his cookie, but it was covered in dirt and leaves. As he reached out to grab it, a cold hand grabbed his paw. Rue screamed as he was dragged into the shadows, Whoa. his cookie falling from his grasp. He was never, f- he never found it again and was never seen again either. Some say he was taken by a witch <laughs> who had been watching him, searching for his cookie all along. But who knows the truth? The forest remains a place of mystery and terror. There you go. That was great. <laughs> I like my sound. I, I should quit my job and just become a uh, Foley artist. I, I think so. That, that sound effects. <laughs> absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. That's makes me wonder hearing that, how my students thought that that would uh, allow them to write better essays. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole fact of that story at the end. It's like, and it was possibly a witch. <laughs> but maybe. Maybe, but also maybe not. <laughs> it, 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 it fumbled in the end it's like it didn't know what it wanted to be at the end okay so I'm getting hungry after that story so because I'm getting hungry I think it's time for a fortune but we're not going to just pull it out from any other fortune I want you to help me create a fortune cookie we're right. going to have chat GPT give oh, us a fortune because so it does give, a good job with the story. Exactly, exactly. So give me a noun. Uh, bookshelf. Bookshelf? D- an animal? Cat. Okay. 
All right. <clears throat> All right, here is your fortune. Good luck and prosperity in are in your future. But remember to always have a curiosity and playful spirit just like a cat in bed with a cookie. Rating? Yes, no, no, yes. Uh, four out of ten. That's the best I can do. Four, four out of ten. Four, four out of ten. Okay. Well, before we go to break, I just want to remind everybody that uh, the end of the year comes quickly. So we're going to start early. So if you would like to send your stories into For What It's Worth, please start feel free to go ahead and start writing now. And maybe, just maybe, you don't need to use an AI to be able to make those stories. Do better than that one. <laughs> exactly. So before we get to the topic, I just wanted to like, look, that fortune that was created was kind of terrible, right? It was awful. You you have to understand, you gave me two downs. If you remember, you said something about a bookshelf, right? True. And you also said something about a cat. So I wanted to go back and like add a couple of things there because I thought that that fortune just sucked. So okay. I, I think that we're going to do something very rare and we're going to do another fortune in a different, um, different part of the show. So okay. here we go. Here's your second fortune reworked just for you. Version 2.0. Yes. <clears throat> your bookshelf is a treasure trove waiting to be explored, but be careful not to disturb the peaceful slumber of the wise feline who guards it in bed with a cookie. Five out of ten. Five out of ten. Yes. That that was that was one more point. One more point. Yeah, it, it, it gets the old D minus. It passes. <laughs> well, something that an AI can't do is um be able to actually create events and yeah an ai can potentially help you but like set up an outline or different things like that but you know using ai for being able to create social functions that's not something that you necessarily 100 percent. i'm just thinking now of of clippy the paper clip it looks like you're trying to plan a fur meet (laughs) you'd like some some assistance so we're we're clippy today i think that's that's us we are uh the topic today is, is running a local meetup. So uh, I think both you and I, Rue, have experience running local events. Absolutely. 100%. I think that that's the one thing that when you get into the fandom, it's like, how can I, how can I do more? And uh, I mean, not everybody's that way, but I know for myself, 
that's one of the number one things is that I was like, okay, this place has given me a place to be able to be myself. I want to do more. That and or so, they're thinking of how to get a fursuit. Not these uh, yeah. days is how to, how do I get a fursuit? <laughs> so why do, why do people want to even jump into that? Or what, why do, why, why, why do a, why, 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 why go do through it? the effort of run one? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's sort of like with conventions, right? It's uh, if you've ever seen staffers at a con, right? They're they're always burned out, they're always stressed. Talking to the people who run conventions, it's just this this horrendous, stressful nightmare of bureaucracy and everything. And and when you ask them before and during the con, why are you doing this? There's like this like exasperated, I don't know. Oh my god, I don't know. Uh, but afterwards. It's always this like it was it was worth it, right? All the hassle, all the struggle, all the, the headache was totally worth it when the event comes together. And it's been my experience when running events, uh, even just like little gatherings of just a handful of furries. It's kind of the same thing, right? It's always when you sit down to plan it, it's always like, oh, God, this is, is this worth it? Is this a hassle? And then when you actually have the event uh, and after it's like, that was awesome. We need to do that more often. So I've always felt like afterwards it was totally worth it. Uh, and it's kind of the uh, a good event is often the centerpiece to a uh, uh, a community like a community builds around these events. Um, I found at least when I when I was living in Waterloo, there's only a, a twelve or fourteen of us uh, in the whole group, and the event was what brought us all together. Right, we didn't really meet or, or, or chat much outside of that. That every other week we had a restaurant meetup that we would do, and that's when we were all kind of would meet up and touch base. And so the community was built around those events. Yeah. Um, I, I know for myself, like, uh, I, I know that we have these, the, like, so, not everybody is a fursuiter. For me, that's the number one thing that got me into the fandom is being able to jump out of my own skin and be a different character. And so for myself, I wanted to make sure, okay, if I'm going to spend money on, uh, you know, this this thing, this costume, this, my persona, my fursuit, I want to make sure that I'm able to utilize that. I don't want to just use it once a year going to BLFC or whatever convention that's going on. Yeah. You know, I wanted to make sure that I was actually able to utilize it more. So I would create events that had fursuiting in mind or um, allowed some form of, of fursuiting. So that gave me a way in which I was able to um, fursuit even, even more, but also, you know, be able to gain um, more, more friendships. But, you know, I think that also within the local community, like, sometimes I feel like that People spend a lot of time and there's nothing wrong with this, but there's there's people that get grow these connections with people that are across the across the state or in a different country or different things like that. But then when it when you ask them like, hey, do you know anybody in your local scene? Do you know the people that are there? A lot of the times people don't know a lot of the local furs. Unless, of course, be, you're into a big city. Sorry, go ahead. And if I could be really nerdy for a second, and this is only on my mind because I literally just finished the chapter on it yesterday. Um, we, some of our own research on furries has shown that furries benefit quite a bit from like the social support they get from the fandom. 
but most of these benefits come from face-to-face -face interactions, right? So it doesn't mean that there's no value in online interactions. Of course there is, especially during the pandemic, we saw a lot of those benefits. Um, but the, the, the best benefits you get from the fandom come from those face-to-face -face interactions, right? When, when life is hard and, you know, you need a shoulder to cry on, right? You know, having someone physically there for comfort can help, or you need a couch to crash on for the night because you're getting kicked out of your house or whatever, right? It's those, those face-to-face in-person friends that you know who will be able to help you out with that. So, um, yeah, local events really help to foster that, help you to get to know folks. And I, I do think it's a good thing. It sounds like you and I have different experience with different kinds of events. So I think between the two of us, we can come at it from different perspectives and offer, you know, from two different people planning two di very different types of events, you know, go through some of the things that maybe if you're thinking about starting an event in your local area, what, uh, what are some things to consider? So. So what are some things that, um, what options or what types of events can you do locally? Yeah, because uh, I think cause when I think of a fur meet, when you think of a fur meet, they're going to be very different things, I think. Uh, for yeah. me, when I think of the fur meets that I've been to, uh, usually I'm thinking one of two things. I'm either thinking like a house party. Uh, we used to host a lot of those. We had a bar in our basement, a nice tent bar. We would have people come over and just listen to movie, play board games, uh, have an open bar, and we just relax. Uh, the other type of event was we would do... Um, local meetups at a restaurant. So every other week we'd pick a different restaurants to go invade. Um, and we, we would go take over, you know, 15 or so of us would go to a restaurant and uh, we did this every other week. So those are the kinds of events that I think of, uh, but they're certainly not the only kind of events. So I'm sure you've been to very different types of events yourself. I mean, for me, the number one event is game nights. Mm -hmm. So usually we have a, a, a local friend of ours that hosts those. Um, and we usually go over to his house and it's, it's a good near 15, 15 of us or something mm -hmm. that we go and invade his home for an evening. And, um, we just play board games and, you know, that's, that's type, my type of scene. I love board games and, um, I, I enjoy that. But, um, another top one is, um, there's definitely coffee shop meets, that mm. you know furries just kind of go just to very chill you know, a coffee shop we also have a bar meetup uh we have something called fluff down here um basically it's uh once a month people go to a local bar that we have here and um they go and drink you know and just hang out and just you know shoot the shit or we also have uh um i'm been talking about it a lot we have the the furry clubhouse that we have here down in utah where it's a little bit more not safe for work type <laughs> stuff that happens there but, but it shows as well a good mixture of events right they don't yes. all, not all events have to be public and g-rated there can be you know full-blown orgies that can be a thing if that's your uh, if that's your jam <laughs> or it could be a simple event like for example i have done uh I've done some events where um, it's it's like a volu volunteer work type thing <laughs> where you're, you're help, helping out, which I understand is a whole other subject. Yeah. Um, but it is a type of a meetup. Um, I've also, um, during Easter time, I have a friend that has an Easter bunny fursuit 
we'll go out. I'll, I'll dress up as Rue and we'll go out and hand out a whole bunch of candy out to, to people at the park, you know, different, different things like that. So you can keep it at the level that, that you want. And I think that that's, what's important is, uh, when organizing event, you know, make sure that you're kind of looking at, um, what are the things that you're wanting to get out of it? Mm-hmm. But also, and, and I understand that that sounds very selfish, but you know, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing or whatever you're planning, that you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, you're you going to put all this time and effort into it. Uh, and if you're miserable with it, or if it's not a thing that you're passionate about, you're like, why am I doing this? <laughs> exactly. You'll lose, you'll lose steam very, very quick if you're not passionate about it. One, uh, a couple other things that I remember now, uh, one of the, I can't believe I forgot this. When I first, first, first got into the fandom, uh, before I even moved to Waterloo, back when I was still living in Alberta, one of the things that the Edmonton first used to do every weekend was there was a pool, uh, like like you know, one of the, the public pools. And late at night, it was basically empty. It was like a community pool. And it was basically empty from like 10 o'clock till like one in the morning. Um, and so the furries would, would, would have sort of a standing every Friday. They'd go there and like 50 furries would pile into this community swimming pool. Uh, which was always really awesome, right? For two or three hours, you had a splash around in the pool, and then it was one in the morning, and we'd all go to Denny's afterwards because that's what was right next door. Um, another one uh, that we've done once or twice so far, where I currently live here in Sherbrooke, but uh, a park meetup. You go and you uh, contact the city, and you can reserve like a picnic bench or a little fire pit or something, and you can do a barbecue or, or do a little uh, just a picnic or a potluck. Um, and it's a great just sort of, you know, very simple, not a lot to organize, just kind of you get a big open field and uh, you can sort of do whatever you want there. So. Well, and then there's a there there's a new type of event that I've um, seen recently. I just barely saw this this event where this one furry has basically purchased a, a whole motel. Now, it's just a motel. It's not a hotel. So there's no like, you know, ballroom or. Oh, oh it's like, really... only a motel. Well, I was excited for a second. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a motel that has like a, a pool type thing. And he's basically doing something called flop, where it's basically like a, a flop con. So it's kind of like a con, but it's not. It's not going to be a baby sibling of a con. Exactly. Basically, he's like, hey, everybody, whoever wants to come down here and, you know, I'll this is how much rooms are. All you have to do is pay for rooms. We're not even doing registration fees. Just come on down and just hang out for the weekend. Well, that raises a really good point, actually. So when planning these events, I think it's when you first start, I think a lot of furries might think, "Okay, well, I want to try to get the whole community here. I want to try to get 50 furries here or 100 furries here. Right. Um. And I think they're disappointed when, when you first get started, like you might invite 50 people and get like six to show up and you might be like, oh, well, this was a disaster. This was a failure. Um, mm-hmm. And my advice would be to keep in mind um, the best events I've been to started very organically, right? If, if, if out of nowhere, someone says, oh, well, look at this big event, a bunch of people are going to be here and you've never heard of it before and you're not sure who's running it, you might go like, huh, this is... What is this? Is this a thing? This is kind of sussy wussy. Um, all of our, uh, all, mo- almost all the meets that I used to go to, whether it was the pool event that we used to go to or the um, the restaurant events we used to go to, the board game nights and house parties that we used to run, those were all organic events that started with like, hey, 
me and my buddy, another furry, we used to go to restaurants every week. And then another friend would take along. So then three of us would go to this restaurant. And so pretty soon, four or five, enough of us would start going that we'd have to start making a reservation. And then other furries would go, oh, those five or six people are going out to a dinner meet. Can I take along? And so it kind of grew organically. Same with our house parties. We never started off saying, hey, let's have 30 furries come over. It was always like, hey, having a house party with four or five of us. And then as word kind of spreads that this is kind of a fun event or, you know, Nuka puts on a pretty good house party, events kind of grow from there. And I, I love this idea of this, this, this motel, right? You know, you don't start off with a convention, but it's the kind of thing that I could see in five years. Maybe it becomes a little convention because it started out very organically. Definitely, definitely. I, I, I agree with you. Just make sh- uh, to make sure that you set your, set your, like, set your goals on what you want to obtain and what you want to achieve, like the amount of people. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is, is don't, when it's your first time putting on an event, don't expect that there is going to be everybody there. Yeah. You know, there, but there is potential. It, I'm not saying that it can't happen. I mean, there's been some times that, you know, somebody's put on this great big huge event that has a lot of people that end up showing up. It's just, it, it depends on a lot of different factors. Um, you're, you you're know, playing how the long well... game. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, don't think usually... about it as one event, but as set up for future events. Exactly. So just. I, I think that if you're going to start setting up a regular event, you know, start first brainstorming to kind of see what what what's needed. Like, for example, if you're doing um, if, if you know a lot about the local community and every every two weeks they have a bowling meet that happens every single week. And you're like, you know what? A bowling meet sounds really good. And I want to schedule my own bowling meet. Well, you know what? You know, there's already a bowling meet that's happening. And I'm not saying that you can't create your own because you definitely can. But then you start creating this like kind of this competition. Yeah, you're competing. But at the same time. If it's a bowling meet that's in a completely different city that's farther away, you're seeing the success that's happening. You know what? Maybe a bowling meet in your local area would be beneficial as well. Mm. So you can you can utilize that. Like for example, um, down in uh, down in good old Utah, we have a game night that was happening over at a coffee shop that game night exploded, became super huge and super big. People were traveling to come to this game night. And it was on a Wednesday night. Yeah. When people had work the next day. That's a perfect example of an organic event. That It didn't start that way, I'm guessing. (laughs) Exactly. No, no, it definitely didn't. It, It started out being really small. So then we were like, okay, all right, this worked. What we're going to do is me and this organizer, the the one that created this this event, we went down to another city that was further away because we wanted to help build something organic, uh, help build something there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that there was a lot of locals in, in that area that didn't have something that was going on. And so we tried out an experiment. We decided, let's 
do an event and and go there weekly and let's see what happens and now there's an event that's happening there every single week and mm-hmm. continuing to, to to go there um the people are continuing to to go to that event yeah. um so i like the so, idea of having an event that's based around something that there's interest in right so and, and you can provide that interest play to your strengths right so one of the things that i love seeing and i've seen this in bigger groups uh we used to call them a scritchin bitch i don't even know if that's what they call them anymore but uh in in a local area when there was enough artists sort of in an area they'd say okay well this is just an artist only event right there's like you know seven or eight of us artists and we'll go we'll go invade a coffee shop or we'll just go to this one person's house or we'll go somewhere we'll just you know and just a bunch of artists hanging out with other artists without a bunch of other people around and they can you know complain and gripe about you know commission stuff right and and that, you know, those events can grow too, right? And, and there was enough demand in those communities for a scratching bitch to sort of start up, right? Or maybe, like you said, maybe there's no fursuiting events. You're like, man, I want more opportunities to be able to run around in the local park or walk down sort of Main Street in my fursuit. And so maybe you see, well, how many other fursuiters are there here? Maybe we can start, you know, start small. Start with a small event. Because what you want is an initial success. Momentum is a huge deal when it comes to planning events. So if you because if your first event is is really grandiose in plan and it kind of flops, you've you've kind of killed that event. No one's going to want you know. No one wants to go to Firefest too, right? Because it was a, such a horrible flop the first one. <laughs> so uh, you really want to start off with it being an overwhelming success, right? So plan for I don't know eight people, right? And if twelve show up, hey, holy crap, you exceeded your expectations by fifty percent, right? That that looks great. So. Um, start with an event that you know can be successful, that you have a lot of control over, and work from there, right? So have a house party with a few people. Have a B-movie night with uh, with a few people. Go out to a, a restaurant that you know is amazing and bring just a, a few close furry friends, right? And, and once success starts there, word will spread. This is a very small community, uh, very intertwined, right? People find out, hey, they, they had a, a, a dinner a couple weeks ago it was really awesome apparently i wonder if maybe the next time they go we can take on and to add on to that if you want it to be something that's regular um i highly recommend you know if if you decide that yes this is going to be a regular thing try to make it around the same exact date so yes. in other words, if it is um, every Wednesday, every third Wednesday, then make it every third Wednesday. If you start doing uh, an event that changes dates all of the time, it You'll is very, it, you will, you'll 100% lose people. So if you try, if you want something to be regular, have it at the same day and same time. People have a lot of things that are going on in their life and there are, you know, things, extracurricular activities are extracurricular activities for a reason. And to be able to make it so that people will set time for that or set it as a priority, you need to make sure that it's at the same time um, if you want to have a good attendance. And in a related vein, set appropriate frequencies, right? So uh, in the um, uh, uh, in Waterloo, our, our dinner events, we did it twice a month. And we figured out that twice a month worked. Because if it was just once a month, people were like, oh, you know, I always, I always have to wait so long for the next one. But we mm-hmm. also knew that twice a, week, twice a month was good. Because if we did it um, every week, 
There were some people who couldn't afford it. There were some people who just didn't have time to commit to that. And so we knew that if we started doing it once a week, we get to do them more often, but there'd be fewer and fewer people showing up and people kind of getting stressed. Ah, I didn't make it to the last one. Did anything fun happen? You always feel like you're kind of playing catch up. So try to find a, a sweet spot where you're not asking too much of people's time, right? So or you have the great. opposite effect, Nuka, where you're where you have somebody that's like, oh, well, I won't be able to make it to this one. I'll make it to the next one. And then they keep saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's if it, if you know it's every week, then ah, I can put it off. I can put it off, and they never go. So uh, it doesn't have to be every other week. You know, it could be once a month. It could be three times a year. Whatever it is, though, make sure that it there's enough demand for it um, that people will come to it, and also make sure that it's not going to be too taxing. Again, if you know, bowling meets are great, but they cost money, right? And if you're trying to, say, oh, I'm going to go for bowling and dinner. Uh, and drinks afterwards, right? Well, that's that sounds like a really swell night. But if you're trying to do that every week, uh, a lot of furries are college students and may not be able to afford all of that, right? Or oh, let's go to the the theme park. Let's go to a different theme park every week. Well, that's cool, but um, you know, or traveling, right? If if oh well, uh, we're gonna drive to the next city over. Well, not everyone has a car. Um, you know, you 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 may you you've uh, alienated some people in the in the group. So just keep these things in mind. You can do them, but keep in mind the restrictions you're placing on those who are coming and how this might affect your attendance. I I know for 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 me when I'm organizing stuff at the the furry clubhouse, we are doing our events every every quarter, and the reason or every three months, the reason why that we ended. We, we did it that way is because we felt like that once a month was just, it was too demanding on us because mm -hmm. it's a bigger scaled event. And so we had to also look at the practicality of us. Okay. If we did this every single month, would we be able to, to do that? Would we be able to pull it off? And we decided, no, like that is not something that we, we want to do every single month because it's just it's it's very time consuming to be able to to get everything set up for it so we had to you know spread it out and maybe that's kind of hurt our numbers a little bit um because if we did something every single month and we were consistent every single month then i think that it would be you know we we may have a lot of uh b bigger numbers but let me tell you we would be burnt out and we wouldn't be enjoying it. And you have to be, you have to be able to do it. Yeah. It's a really good point. Uh, burning yourself out on this is not, uh, is not helping it when, when the event stops being fun and it starts being another job to plan. Um, that's not, uh, that's not uh, conducive. Right? People pick up on that. If you're not having fun with it, uh, if you're not putting a hundred percent into the events, people will pick up on that. It's going to start suffering. Um, and it's sort of a downward spiral from there, I think. Well, I think that we need to go on for a little break. Do you do you agree? I think I think so. in in the spirit of making sure that you're managing time properly, and <laughs> that you're Stop. you know not overtaxing <laughs> the the people putting on the event. I think it's I think it's very healthy of you, Rue. We are gonna give your ears a break. We'll be back in a few.
Hey there, folks. Do you know what the FCC is? Neither do we. But apparently, they require us to let people know every so often just what the heck they're listening to. We call these little segments where we tell people that they're listening to it for what it's worth iDense. And we need your help to make them more interesting. God knows you don't need to be listening to any more of our voices. So if you've got a good radio voice or even just an interesting voice or just a voice or if you want to add your own bit of quirkiness to the show, uh, just send us a recording of you telling folks uh, who you are and that they're listening to for what it's worth. You can email those idents to us directly uh, or send them to us through SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash FWIW. And you might just hear yourself in the next episode. Technology, it's wacky, right? Thank you to our Patreons. You make this happen. Rictus, Liffus, 10X, Ashton Sergal, Nuka, Bubble Whip, Chap Hogarth, Aussie, Black Baldrick, Ligris, Tyre, Ichigo Okami, Guardian Lion, Rifka. Alright, Nuka. So we're back again. We are. And, we made it. you know, I think that we need to make up again for that cookie. You know, oh, we're we... still on the cookie thing, are we? I exactly, exactly. So we started off with our first prompt of cat, right? Then we added the what you said at the first time, the bookshelf, right? And it got but here's the thing. Somewhat better. Yeah, but here's the thing. At every single you know, every single time that we read a fortune, we always add in bed with a cookie, right? Oh, no. So I, this is what um, I asked the, the chat, I mean, the AI, to write us a fortune adding in bed with a cookie to that list. And this oh, is what we have. <sighs> Your bookshelf may hold many treasures, but... It is your furry companion who brings true comfort. As you curl up in your bed with a cookie in hand, know that love and joy surrounds you. You know what? It was going. It was a little long. It was a little long. I thought it was going like, "Oh, your 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 little furry companion will bring you love and joy in bed with the cookie." I thought that was going to be really funny, and then it kind of went on to something. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> We're back to four out of ten because it it, it was it led me to it led me to uh let me to think it was gonna get really really funny and then it kind of let me down at the end. <laughs> All right, so should we get back into the topic at hand? We we're Let's talking jump about planning local furry meets, mm -hmm. the ins and outs, the drama. But now we're 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 gonna be more focusing on in this this section the problems or some of the things to avoid so we'll probably be jumping and jumping around here and there yeah um for, this for is yourself, more so just like stuff this is more so like stuff that that you never anticipate until you have to run an event right it, it always looks really good on paper and then you go to run an event and you're like oh shit <laughs> uh <laughs> these are all those hard hard earned lessons that only come from uh trying it for yourself like for example if you hold it in your own home and somebody falls down the stairs. Did that happen? I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh. You know, <laughs> I'm like, that's an oddly that specific. 
Or um, you host an event and all of a sudden there is somebody gets offended because you have furry porn on the wall. That may have happened to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but it, it, so, uh, I mean, it's, it's a good place to start, I think. Events starting in your home. So I think we both had events where we've, we've run them out of our own, own home. I've run dozens of parties out of my own home with furries and such. Uh, and the stuff that comes up, you, even, you know, if you think you planned everything, stuff will come up. Uh, I always kind of say that, you know, uh, drugs and alcohol are catalysts for, you know, whenever you add them, it's fine to have them at a party, but realize you're adding an unknown element, right? Drunker people will act in more unpredictable ways than sober people will. So um, it is possible. Uh, damage to your home can happen, for example, right? Whether it's falling down a stairs, damage to people in that case, but you know, uh, someone trips and falls and breaks stuff, you know, but they, they, they break a plate or a dish or they, you know, someone falls on your table and breaks it. Someone, um, you know, throws up on your carpet. These are the kinds of things that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, at Something parties. all of a sudden becomes missing. Yes, yeah, stuff goes missing. That can happen too. Um, so as soon as you're choosing to hold it in your house, on the one hand, you have some control over the location for that. Uh, but you may have to, I always kind of used to joke and say we'd furry proof our house before we have furries come over. So we would do things <laughs> like make sure, you know, I have a, I have a laptop, like a $2,000 laptop, uh, that goes away. That That's not lying around at the furry party, not because I necessarily think someone's going to steal it, but hey, I don't want a drunk furry to fall on it. I don't want it to get, you know, set down on a couch and someone sits on it, right? So, um, you know, just kind of doing a once over and making sure, okay, you know, if I don't want, I don't want any furries going into my room. You know, close the door. Just it, it discourages them. It's a visual indicator that maybe don't go in here, right? Um, so that sort of thing can really help to to make sure to, to to reduce the risk of of something happening in your home that you don't want. Well, and I also think that's good for you to limit temptation. I mean, the the thing is, is like if all of a sudden you um, are a waitress and you have tons and tons of tips and you have cash that's just laying around. Yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, remove those things. It's not because you're saying, I don't trust my friends, okay? It's just more or less that you need to make sure to secure your property. It, it's with anybody. It's, it's just, uh, it's an appropriate measure to take your, you know, your belongings and put it away. You know? And, sorry, go ahead. Go, go for it. Uh, in a, in a related vein, so I, I think I mentioned that we used to have a, a bar in my uh, my basement, uh, and I'm not exaggerating. We had probably two or three thousand dollars worth of liquor in that bar. Uh, I, I kept a fully fully stocked bar, like eighty or ninety kinds of alcohol in that bar. Um, and you know when we first, it didn't start out that way. It started off with just like a few you know a few things, um, and then once once it became more and more elaborate, right? So the, the setup was people would come over. Everyone would pitch 10 or 20 bucks and, you know, I would, you know, they, they'd get, you know, the rule was, because otherwise everyone needs to bring some booze and everyone brings vodka. And now we have six bottles of vodka and nothing else. So I would say, okay, bring me money in advance. I will go buy a variety of alcohols and we'll have a stocked bar. And it, it grew from there. Um, but once I had the stocked bar, I realized, you know, I'm not sure how comfortable I feel, especially with 20 or 30 furries running around the house. Um, having thousands of literally thousands of dollars worth of alcohol unattended. And so that's when I started attending bar at these parties, right? I would stand behind the bar and I, you know, I, I would make anything, anything they want, anyone, and I would make anyone, anything they wanted. Uh, but, you know, 
I'm going to be the one serving it to make sure that bottles aren't going missing, to make sure that, you know, no one's going back there and knocking over bottles or, or trashing the place. Um, yeah, I don't think it's unreasonable to, to be mindful of that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it, that's part of your responsibility. And I think that that's one, one little aspect that I want to touch on is when you are hosting an event, you are not an attendee of the event. The main thing is, is yes, you are there to have fun because again, you created this event because you saw that you wanted to do something. You wanted to have fun. You wanted to have fun with your friends. So yes, you still need to make sure that you do those things and that you have fun, but you are a host. And so yep. therefore there are some additional responsibilities and things that you have to make sure of. Like for example, at the furry clubhouse, we have somebody that's at the bar and does not leave the bar. And if we see another individual that gets behind the bar, they will be banned from the event. Like we've had to be that strict, not because we don't trust people. It's because that we have to set boundaries and we have to say, this is what is okay. And this is what is not okay. You know, to be able to make sure that everybody has a, a good time and that everybody stays safe, especially when it comes to, to alcohol. Yes. Um, having somebody there, I'm sure that, Nuka, you uh, monitor people's There levels. were times when I would refuse to serve people. Yeah, like, you maybe go, go get some water and sit down because you're clearly in no shape to have any more. Yeah. Let me tell you, a party killer is somebody like Ralph in, in the, the bathroom. and yeah. using Or just someone passing out in the middle of the, the, the party space, right? Well, now it's just, you know. This kind of puts a damper on the whole party because everyone's got to figure out what are we doing with this person, right? Do we have to call an ambulance? Are they, you know, what's the deal? Yeah. Yeah. People turn into, instead of like having fun, it's instead it's a crisis type stuff. Yep. But also uh, when alcohol's involved, sometimes what happens is people's ability to be able to make choices is dampered. Yeah. And so being able to have, a, you know, an individual that can help, you know, make those decisions for them um is really beneficial um having a plan is a really so so one of the things that you sort of touched on here having a plan and having clear guidelines for people right so uh have you don't you don't have to like rigidly schedule at 8 45 we're going to do exactly this but having a general idea of the flow of events for the night right so by putting on a movie night i might say well, okay you know there's three movies we're going to watch tonight maybe we'll take a break for pizza after the first one and we'll order a pizza right so having a general schedule and conveying that to attendees right so you know have people showing up saying oh was i you know i i i thought uh, i was supposed to have eaten already or oh i didn't realize that we were all supposed to pitch in some money for food i just thought food would be provided right to avoid those kinds of awkward scenarios where people aren't quite sure um make a plan beforehand have a general gist of things uh and let people know uh, this can also be good for setting uh boundaries for things like what's appropriate or not one of the things that we used to do at the restaurant meetups, as we would say to folks, you know, uh, you have to eat something, right? The restaurant doesn't like it if half the table there is just, you know, drinking water and, and taking up a table. So if you're showing up, you have to order a meal. Uh, but also um, an expectation, hey, this is a family restaurant, guys. So uh, no, no not safe for work stuff, right? You got to keep the conversations G-rated. Uh, no passing around porn at the table on your phone or whatever. Uh, if you do that sort of thing, you're you're out. And letting people know in advance 
these are sort of the ground rules for the events. And as the person running the event, that's your uh, your prerogative. You can do that, right? And if they don't like it, then they can run their own events. But you have to kind of lay these things down. Otherwise, um, you're, eventually you're rolling some dice. Eventually you're going to have an incident. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and one one thing to add to that that point is that, again, if there is an event that you're like that you attend and you're like, you know what, this is not an event that's making me feel comfortable or that that's good for 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 me, um, then create an event. And you can set those parameters. Be that person that jumps in and says, you know what, I want to create a. a you know, if if you go to an event and everybody's being super naughty and rambunctious or, or or something, create your own event and say and set those particular standards. Or, you know, you could also go to the organizer and say, hey, you know, what is the precedence for this? This isn't making me 100 percent feel comfortable, you know, and as that them being the good host or the host of the event, you know, maybe that's something that's allowed. You know, and, yeah. and maybe that's not the right scene for you or, you know, maybe it's not something that's uh, allowed. And, you know, bringing that to the host's attention is helpful to be able to um, mitigate any issues or problems that are happening at the event itself. Yeah. Because I'm sure a good host wants to make sure that everybody is feeling comfortable and welcome. And, and so again, that kind of brings up drama, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Clear expectations help with that, right? So if 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 you let people know, hey, this is a pantsless party, right? No one's gonna show up and be like, why is no one wearing pants, right? Like it's it's you let people know in advance, hey, this is sort of the you know this is an R-rated party, so no no minors. Uh, this is the kind of thing that might happen. If you're not cool with that, that's okay. But you have to, you know, maybe this isn't the party for you. But you can avoid a lot of uh, unpleasantness if you let people know this is this is sort of the expectation. Uh, I remember one of our parties, uh, my roommate, uh, this was back before pot was legal, uh, going up to his room and smoking pot was kind of a, a little sub-event. That was sort of the thing that he liked to do with a few friends. And so it was made very, very clear, not in any sort of writing, <laughs> uh, because it was illegal at the time, but it sort of made clear to people, hey, if you wanted to to smoke pot, that is a thing that you could do. You're not going to do it everywhere in the house. You're not going to stand outside. It's it's a very particular place where that's done. You go up there with him when he says so. That's how that's done. And that, that was laid out. There was an expectation. If you don't want pots to be at the party, then you shouldn't come to the party. If you don't want to smoke it, that's fine. There are places where we're not doing that. I, I didn't smoke pot myself. I'm like, but, you know, that, that's down here. But, you know, making the expectation clear. And it can avoid, I mentioned the, the big D word, uh, drama. Uh, because I think drama happens when... Um, you mix together furries and you know alcohol and you know parties. Um, this is this is potential again. You're sort of playing with fire. Drama can happen, and so you want to sort of minimize the likelihood that it will happen. And if it does, you know, if conflict happens, you know, how do you stop it from get cascading out of control? <laughs> well, um, I guess for myself, what I would say is. Let me tell you, if if you're wanting to not have any drama at a and hosting furry events, you're gonna have drama. At some point in time, it's gonna happen, and people are gonna be turning to you to um, try to resolve that particular drama. I'm not saying that you have to. 
because let me tell you that just because you're hosting an event doesn't mean that you're somebody's counselor or their dad or going to resolve their life issues. You know, it's but you are there to to kind of help to make sure that the people are having an enjoyable time. So there are some times that you're going to have to mediate or or yeah. fuse things um, that may occur. And this isn't to scare you from like creating an event. And it could be simple things like, like, for example, one of them that has happened to me is so-and-so stinks. So-and-so stinks and I feel uncomfortable anytime that they come to your event. They always smell weird. And so, you know, and maybe this wasn't the right steps that I needed to take, but what I did is I, I, I did approach that person because it wasn't just the, that person that was complaining. There was other people that were complaining as well. And instead of just being like, oh man, dude, you reek, like go take a shower. Like that, that's not what I did. You know, I wanted to make sure, you know, to be, because there's sometimes that, that people have um, biological type stuff that they can't really 100% control some of those things. And, and also I, I've worked with people with disabilities in the, in the past. So there's some people that don't really understand proper hygiene. So I just politely asked him that before coming to the events, if he wouldn't mind showering. And I just asked him like, Hey, you know, if you'd like, dude, I, I'm more than happy to allow you to use mine. You, you can use my shower. You know, I even had some extra spare clothes that I was able to give him. And, you know, ever since that day, he's always kind of looked up to me as like that. I don't know. He he sees me kind of like a brother in which I'm kind of there to kind of help him a little bit. But, uh, you know, there's there's ways that you can kind of approach things and be able to help m- help mitigate and maybe i didn't do the exact right thing but in that moment that was the the right thing to do for that that individual so and it's worth knowing that you'll have to sometimes take a stand right you have to to make some decisions about so even something very simple like oh will there be alcohol at this event or not right will there be minors at the allowed at this event or not right um you'll have to make decisions and you'll have to take a, a stand right and it's up to you this is your event if you're running this event that's your call to make but you have to sort of make it and be clear on it. Uh, one thing as well that'll help with the reducing of drama will be uh, being mindful of who your guests are. Um, one of the big mistakes I think I see uh, furries who are just starting out with an event make is blanket over open invoca- invitation to literally everyone. You know, spam the group, hey everyone, I'm having Don't. this event at my place. When As soon as they say, hey everyone, you just said everyone, right? That could mean people in the group that maybe uh, you don't want there or people in the group who would not get along well with people who you do know. You are much, much better off if you can manage it, uh, a controlled guest list, right? Make sure you know everyone who's coming over beforehand. Maybe specify specifically, hey, don't bring anyone else unless uh, you ask first, Um, but try to control the guest list. You'll, You'll have much better... Uh, uh, chances of of reducing drama if you are aware of who's coming to the event, and and this can sometimes lead to awkward conversations where you know someone says, "Hey, I heard there's an event going on." Like, "Oh yeah, well it's uh, 
you know, uh, just some friends of mine or whatever, and, and we're kind of keeping it kind of small. So uh, we're not really inviting everyone in the group, just some folks, right? You may have to have some of those conversations that are a little uncomfortable. Um, but a small, conver awkward conversation like that beforehand is a lot better than a blow up at your party, right? So I love using examples. I use them probably a little bit too much. <laughs> but here's an example for you. So I, um, at the furry clubhouse, I, uh, one of the things that we, we do have kind of an open invite type system where there's a lot of people that know about it. Now, do we go to the local scene and be like, Hey, everybody want to get your kink on? Let's go. You know, we don't do that. Um, well, especially with though, a sexually charged event, that's, a, it's even more important than to make sure that, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, but how we have it set up is that there there is some chats, some places that that will post the events, um, you know, like the bar meetup that I already talked about fluff. Um, but we'll post it at several different places and then we'll have something called like a munch where people can like go to a restaurant to meet us. But we don't just open the floodgates and let everybody in and everybody is our buddy buddy and you can be you can come in and and do whatever you want no we have a system where we where we that everybody that's a member has to have a sponsor has to have somebody Vouching. that will vouch for another individual in order for them to be able to attend and the reason why we do that is because it's helpful to make sure that we are it it's it's helpful to kind of vest people a little bit and to keep um just to make sure that we we have a good group of individuals versus opening up the floodgates yeah. uh, i i would highly recommend following um nuka's advice and and don't just blanketly invite everybody unless unless that is what your goal is yeah. like if your goal is to get things going for the local community and let's say that you ha set up a potluck to yeah. at a local park and that is a that's a place where you would be comfortable with it's very low stakes mm -hmm. yeah then it, then that's that's an okay environment so the environment is also um a, an element to this as well if it's your own home do you want everybody like to be at your home people that you don't even know that's walking around petting your cat and your dog and i don't know like walking into your bedroom awkwardly like do you want nor do you want people that you know that are in your home like what is what are you going for for your event so i think that an environment is also part of you know when you're making choices to say and and so speaking of environment as well um uh, we've sort of glossed over this a bit, but we, we're sort of taking it as a given when we talk about things like restaurant events or a pool or a, a, a bowling meet or whatever, uh, or even like a fursuit walk. Um, planning needs to go into that, right? So one of, one of the big uh, things you need to remember, uh, even if it's something as simple like just five or six of you going to a restaurant, call the restaurant, get a reservation, right? If it's going to be 14 of you, don't just show up. Um, also make it clear, right? Pick pick your your location appropriately, right? If you're going to, if you know that the that the local furry group gets really boisterous and loud and very very chatty, maybe don't take them to a really really fancy restaurant, right? Um, yeah, 
yes, you know, if, if you know they're if they're, they're going to want to drink and stuff, maybe go to a bar then, as opposed to like a family restaurant. Um, if you're going to go to a bowling alley, right? Uh, if you want to do fursuit bowling, ask. Uh, they might have rules about bowling shoes, or maybe they don't want the spectacle of 20 furries running around in fursuits, right? This is the sort of thing that you don't want to spring at a place. I've seen events where they haven't let the 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 um, the location, the facility know that there were going to be fursuits there. And events, have been, you know, 20 people show up to go bowling and suddenly they say, oh, no fursuits uh, allowed. You didn't let us know this was going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, and and suddenly now you got twenty pissed off people, right? Everyone's grumpy, everyone's angry. You've you've now created a spark for drama, right? Yeah. Um, just just don't do it. If you're gonna even something simple like um, I used to live next to the West Edmonton Mall, which is one of the the biggest malls in North America, and uh, we did a a fursuit walk through the mall. Um, that's the sort of thing you need to call security about first. That's you know you you don't uh, unless you're in like a really 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 public place like a park, right? And even then, uh, you know, even just to have a bunch of people take over a, a picnic uh, bench or a little fire pit or whatever, you might have to call ahead and find out with the city, are there rules about this, right? Um, but yeah, be responsible, go get permission from the, the people running the, the venue first. Um, and you may need to plan that in advance, right? Uh, you know, if you want to don't show up at the, the bowling alley that day and hope for something, right? You know, if you're no. going to have 20 people start you know, book it a week or two or three in advance. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's a key with creating successful recurring events is you need to go and communicate with the business owners. Mm -hmm. So like pulling back to that example of us um, setting up a different game night at a, a different location, we went in before the event to go check out the location talk to the manager and say, hey, this is something that we want to do. Like, is this going to be okay? And we got it set up ahead of time and, and we were able to build rapport. There has been times that, you know, like you, you talked about a bowling meet. When we had a, bowling, a regular bowling meet that was happening. But then we had somebody else that came in and they were like, well, I want to do a bowling meet as well. But they didn't go and communicate and they ended up causing issues, you know, because they didn't say, hey, we're going to be coming and we're going to be fursuiting. They just made the assumption and that ended up damaging our relationship with that with that individual. So we weren't able to do um, furry events at that, that place anymore, mm -hmm. you know, so just be mindful of those things. Just make sure that you, you communicate ahead of time with the business owners and you'll go a lot further. Yeah. Um, and you'll be surprised some of the events that you're able to do. Like for example, you know, we've been able to do, um, fursuiting events at a, like a high speed go-karting place, mm -hmm. you know, like different things like that. As long as everybody signed a waiver, you know, we were able to do that or a trampoline park with fursuits we i've uh, i've do done that. in my class uh so one of the things that i do every semester is i have fursuiters come in to my class right uh, i did not start with an open invitation and say hey every because that, that's my class this is my professional career right and yes it's a lecture on furries right but i didn't just say hey any furries in the quebec region 
want to come in and, and, and storm my lecture, right? That would be a disaster. Who knows who would show up, right? So it started off with like, hey, my, my, my roommates and a couple of my good friends and maybe one or two furries on campus that I knew drop in for this, right? And when that became sort of a regular thing every semester, people kind of heard about it and said, oh, can I bring my suit too? And I knew that person and said, yeah, sure, come on, bring your suit, right? And so it slowly became a bigger and bigger thing, but it didn't start that way. Right. For very good reason. Right. Because like all it takes is one one bad experience. And that's my my potential career that I'm playing with. So I've had a very similar experience when I was doing a, a charity walk. Uh, we volunteered our time and I was a little bit more loose. I was very much a everyone come one, come all. Let's let's go. Let's go help the, the community. And I opened up the, the event to everybody we had some weird ass looking looking suits we had some some suits that like we had an event i mean we had a situation that ended up occurring where they had some other characters that were there as well like like princesses and stuff like that and one of the princesses ended up um you know saying that one of the first suitors um ended up smacking her on the butt when you know, when it was just them, you know, turning and their tail ended up hitting her. Oh, you know, misunderstanding. There wasn't a good handler to suitor ratio that was happening. Oh, and God, let me that's tell so you, important. Oh, I, my God. <laughs> I learned so, so quickly, so quickly that you you have to make sure that you, you you're careful about who you invite to certain certain events. Anywho, um, yeah, so like going back to your lecture, if you were to open that up to the community, I, I am sure that that would spell disaster, like you were saying to your career. Yeah. So, uh, another thing to keep in mind as well, sort of related to this, um, keeping in mind, again, this is why you might want to tailor your guest list. Um, I, For me, at least, I like very targeted events. I'm doing a game night. There's an expectation that if you're coming here, you are gaming. You are not here to go drink and smoke pot. You are not here to socialize and watch TV. As it, no, it's, this is a game night, right? I'm having a house party, then cool. Then then they'll be drinking, and maybe some people play board games. But you know, uh, if it's a movie night, we are going to watch a movie. If it's a, a dinner, we are going for a dinner. Um, making it very clear what's going on, because what you don't want to happen, for example, is oh, this is a fursuit walk, and then someone shows up. And doesn't realize, oh, this is a fursuit walk. I'm like, well, I don't have a fursuit and, you know, I don't have anyone to handle for. Uh, they're going to be really bored and upset and not have a very good time. Or if it's a game night, I've had a game night where I have one person who's like, oh, I don't really like board games. And I'm like, well, okay, we're going to all be over here board gaming. Uh, you're going to be miserable and kind of cranky in the corner, I guess, because like, you don't, you don't want to jump in on anything. So um, having a clear vision for the events, I think make sure everyone's on the same page. Uh, communication. The same thing with relationships, communicating with the venue owners, communicating with other people. One last thing before we go to break. Uh, we talked about this beforehand a little bit, but um, volunteer. So if you, if, you, if you don't want to necessarily start your own event yet, or if you kind of want to, to get your feet wet a bit, um, volunteer. We always think about volunteering and staffing as being something that you do just at a convention, and you absolutely should do that because conventions always need staffers. But even just for local events, right? Um, just volunteering to to help organize events, or volunteering to be a designated driver in an event, or to help, you know, 
uh, uh, organize an event or to help, you know, hey, I'll plan the food for this event or just little things like that go such a long way to making sure that you're not putting the entire onus and responsibility of planning an event on one person. If we like events in our, in our fandom, and we do, contribute to making sure they're a success and that they don't burn out and fizzle out. Nuka, in your work, in your professional work, have you ever had a situation where a manager has came in and the first day they just change everything? Yes. Completely. <laughs> yeah. How frustrating is that? Oh, it's the worst. Absolutely the worst. <laughs> so the reason why I bring that up and what, I, what I'm pertaining that to is having a brand new furry come into a local scene or a local community and say, we're going to change it up. We're going to do all these little things and change things and do this and this and this. It can frustrate people a little bit. It can burn them, uh, not burn them, but it can frustrate them a little bit. Be a little bit. off-putting so at the very least. I, I think that volunteering or going to some of the different events and getting involved that way first is very helpful for you to be able to see, you know, what what's going like what's currently going on in the community just like a good manager will come in and they will um they'll assess see what you're currently doing you know see see what's Shadow currently happening yeah. shadowing learn and then they will provide suggestions and then they will and that's what makes a better manager just like how you know you can create better events by attending events and volunteering and kind of seeing what's going on. And if there isn't anything, because I know that there's some of you that are listening that you're like, but Rue, I don't know. I don't know what is going on. I don't have anything. There's no events. It's a, it's a dry well. I, I hear you and I feel for you. You're not alone. And, you know, you can, you can start fresh. You know, if you have an opportunity to go to some other events that's in a different town, I recommend you going to those first. So then that way you can kind of see what's working. And then there's also VR events, right? So, it, so for people who live in the tiny little areas where there's just no furries around, um, VR events. I don't know a lot about VR chat, but I know that people get to know other people on VR chat and there's big communities there. And it can absolutely be, I mean, there's a, a big 15,000 person VR convention happening in a couple of weeks for reality. Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, that even, even nowadays, that's not even an impediment anymore. It's not having furries in your region. So events can take all shapes and sizes. Um, they're limited only by your creativity and resourcefulness. Awesome. On that note, let's take our final break. We'll be back for final thoughts. Take me home tonight I just want to show you the true light Light me up and make me feel alright Cause baby we are always shining bright Take me home tonight I just want to show you the true light Light me up and make me feel alright Cause baby we are always shining bright Take me home tonight I just wanna show 
Nuka, this has been an amazing, amazing episode. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited for it. Let me tell you, I think that we need to rework this cookie a little bit more. So... Oh, we're still on the goddamn cookie. <laughs> What is the matter with you? So the thing that you said is it wasn't funny enough, right? No, it was. I, I think I said it was terrible. <laughs> so I asked it to write the funniest fortune cookie. Uh, so I hate let's it already. See what it says. <laughs> Your bookshelf may have many thrilling tales. But your cat will always be the perfect bedtime story companion. And don't forget the cookie. It's the cherry on top of your cozy night in. I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so rate it. Rate it. Where are we at? Uh, is that a one? Is that two and a half? (laughs) We're definitely moving away from the the ideal, the the platonic ideal of a fortune cookie. (laughs) I I almost feel like it's a narrative. It's a dark and stormy night. You yeah, we're getting closer and closer to your horror story. (laughs) (laughs) That'll just be the next one. So. Final thoughts about our topic at hand. So we have we have dove in, we've invested our time, we've talked about this amazing, amazing ability to create these lovely furry events. What are some final thoughts that you would like to share about the topic, Nuka? Uh, I guess if there's one thing we haven't covered that I think would be worth covering as well is, uh, you know, in addition to being a good host, be a good guest, right? Uh, hosting events is hard. Uh, and the last thing you want to do is is make the life of a host uh, that much harder, right? You've seen how much work goes into planning one of these things. So whether you're at a furry convention or a local meetup or a house party or a munch or whatever it is, right? Uh, you know, throw a, a shout out to the, the host and definitely don't make their life worse, right? Be a, an ideal guest make it easier for them to host these things. And uh, yeah, if you want to see events in your region, you might have to be the one to start it up. If there's no good artist meetup, then then start an artist meetup. But uh, yeah, it, it, it uh, nothing in this fandom happens without people volunteering and taking on the, uh, the, the mantle of putting these on. So, but, but yeah, you don't have to start by planning the next Anthrocon or the next MFF. Start nice and small, start manageable. Start with just a handful of your friends, and uh, I promise you, if it's a good event, and word of mouth will spread, and it will grow. Um, my thought would have to be, make sure that whatever you're putting your time into, that it's something that you enjoy. I have always said about this, the, the podcast show, you know, I'll do this as long as I enjoy it. And it's been, it's, it's fun. You know, I've been enjoying it. Um, same with events. If it's something that you enjoy, then do it. Be involved in it. And you know what? If you're no longer enjoying it, then maybe it's time to pass it to somebody else. And let somebody else 
you know, that's passionate about it continue and you'll see be surprised on you know how things can continue to grow or it will fall on its face so either uh, either way it'll be appropriate for the furry fandom (laughs) exactly exactly so you know i think it's i think having events is is important you know having things within your local community is is definitely imperative for for yourself as a as a furry you know, and and you're gonna end up finding your crew, your your niche, your people, and uh, but I would have to say that even though that you're growing in um having your own people, still do your best to to find new people as well to kind of help, um because I think that sometimes we get stuck in our little clicks, mm-hmm. and um you know we miss out on some pretty amazing people so be willing to open up your events once in a while to to newcomers so that they have an opportunity to have somewhere to be because somebody took a chance on you Mm. and introduced you into things so you know continue giving those chances to other people well uh i guess on that note let's uh let's read the mailbag and uh okay done with the mailbag so <laughs> that mailbag was good. That was I fast. Enjoyed it. Yeah. But if anybody wants to send stuff to us, do you know how that they go about sending stuff to us, Nuka? Well, you can email it to us, of course. Yeah, you can send it over to cast at for what it's worth dot com, or you could actually email us directly. So if you have questions for Nuka, you can send it to Nuka at for what it's worth dot com. Or and what if they want to send it to you, Rue? Rue at for what it's worth dot com. What about Voss? Uh Voss at for what it's worth dot com. What about click? Click at for what it's worth dot com. Wow. Technology. And Sammy at for what it's worth dot com. <laughs> oh, yeah, there, I, I'm missing someone and I feel okay. Thank you. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I think I think I think I might have something here. What's that? Hold on. Never mind. That can be <laughs> That can be edited. <laughs> I don't know. I was just double checking to make sure we didn't have anything in the mailbag, and we don't. I'm sad. Oh, I thought I thought you were being a smartass, and we're gonna gonna generate one more cookie. Like no, no I could generate another one now that you've no, given me the no, idea. No, that's okay. <laughs> hey there, folks. Nuka here, hitting you with a little bit of housekeeping for for what it's worth. Uh, first of all, remember that for what it's worth would not be possible without the support feedback and interaction of listeners like you in our wonderful fan community. You can check out all of our past episodes, plus learn more about the show, its host, and what's coming up next on the show on our website, forwhatitsworth.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at forwhatitsworth, no faces, uh, to get updates on upcoming episodes, to hear latest news about the show, or to get some opportunities to contribute to upcoming episodes. You can also join our Telegram channel where we regularly chat about uh, the upcoming show episodes and random topics and just an opportunity to chat with our friends, uh, chat with our fans. Uh, if you want to be on the Telegram channel, just contact Rue at WineRedFox on Telegram, all one word, uh, and you'll get added to the Telegram channel. Note that you have to be 18 years of age or older to join the Telegram group. If you want to send us an email, uh, or contribute to the mailbag or just get in touch with us in any way 
easiest way to do that is with our email, uh, cast at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, or you can email any of these specific cast members by just putting their name. So for me, it would be Nuka at forwhatitsworth.com. Or for Rue, it would be Rue at forwhatitsworth.com. Uh, if you want to send us an audio file to be played instead of an email, or if you want to uh, contribute to the idents that play throughout the show, uh, you can upload a recording to us directly through SpeakPipe. That's speakpipe.com slash F-W-I-W. You can put a little recording on there and we can use your voice rather than trying to uh, read it in our own tired voices. Uh, finally, the best way you can help out the show directly is by sharing it with your friends. Our audience grows every episode through word of mouth. So uh, if you like this episode or if you think you know someone who might be interested in this or any other episodes, uh, let them know where to find us. Well, so Nuka, what are we doing on our next episode? I'm pretty stoked for the next episode. Uh, the next episode is based on some of my research. I literally just finished writing about a week ago a chapter on this for the book. Um, furry drama, right? So we're going to get uh, elbow deep for the topic of drama. We're going to talk all about it. We're going to bust it open. We're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about uh, how to avoid it. Uh, yes, hopefully a drama episode without actually starting any drama. Let's see if we can do it. Well, if I I think that you know it'll be a great topic for us to be able to go through, we've we've covered this topic before, um, so definitely send us messages about furry drama. drama. Please keep them like we don't want to know people's names. Yeah. Or those those aren't like pointing that. pointing fingers at people. They're saying, "Let me tell you about this jerk." That's not that's not the goal of the episode. <laughs> it's to talk broadly. I, I, should, I should back up. The point of the episode is to talk about sort of what causes drama and how can we fix drama. It's to, to look beyond specific instances of drama to instead talk about drama as a problem to be solved. All right. Well, on that particular note. This has been Rue. And this has been Nuka. And this has been ChatGPT. And this has been... <laughs> For what it's worth, .exe. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Fine, fine. Let's just push that aside. This has been Rue. This has been Nuka. And this has been... For what it's worth. For what it's worth. The division of Microsoft. No, no! <laughs> <laughs>